If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution! By GhostBed.com. How old were you when you found out your dad was an asshole? What? Yeah. How old were you when you found out your dad was an asshole? Um, probably fourteen. I just I don't think that's that, late. I don't think that he is. That's late in life. You've never seen your dad blow up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Probably eight. Eight years old. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say I was like five, right around there for both one. The alive one and the dead one, as I like to affectionately call him. And he would love it if he was here, you know, uh, the dead one. Uh, but for me, um, I actually got to out somebody today at, uh, at Home Depot. Okay. I actually got to tell them that their father was an asshole to their face and uh, I like that. I like that somebody else had to say it so that way they have a special memory for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was a total accident. Uh, obviously, we're going through uh, Panda Watch Blizzard 2023 here in Texas. Everything's down. Everything's fucking crushed. Ice is uh, everywhere. Snow. Just feet of snow everywhere. Or whatever the opposite of that is. Right. Um, Inches of ice. Right. right, Inches of ice. Right. Um, So I go into Home Depot, which we have one of here. And I know that we're in Texas. Like, I understand that. Um, But I also feel like the way we describe it is that we have, like, one old-timey town store, like, in Tombstone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where we're just kind of in this you know, town that was built and everybody's still looking for land and, and planting flags and shit, kind of kind of hoping to get their deed and then, you know, raise a family of 17 and then pass that land down to somebody else and everything I else. Hear, yeah, I hear the words the homestead a right. lot. Yeah. Yes, and that's yeah. what it feels like <laughs> uh-huh. because we have the one Home Depot up there. Sure. Uh, which I've talked about on the show before. Uh, I think you were out, actually. Uh, you were gone uh, over Christmas. It was right around Christmas. And then we have, a, like, an Ace Hardware. Uh, now, the Ace is the place uh, for the helpful hardware, man, but it was closed. A uh, little more expensive because they got to franchise them now. They're smaller. You got to rent them in a strip mall, which we have, and I like it. And it's nice. I know the manager, very lovely older gentleman. When you go to Home Depot, there is a rough rugged edge where the employees hate you just as much as you hate them mm-hmm. and i don't mind that either because you know what you're getting but the problem is in a small town when you only have one all the shit is gone sure so for us we had about i don't know 
over under 34 trees down in the backyard. We got none left, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I said, hey, this morning, I'm going to get a chainsaw, just chop these up, put them out at the curb, because, you know, the, the four people who actually work in this city uh, will be booked and they'll, they're going to charge like 10 grand, you know, for all this stupid for sure, shit. Yeah. yeah. So I go in and there's 20 other dudes like me looking for chainsaws and all this stuff. And we're all in like a nice kind of polite line, right? You know where they are. We're all in this kind of polite line and uh, there's gas powered on one side, electric on the other. Battery. Uh, Oh, well, no, the batteries now are in a different aisle. So the batteries now they've locked up because of inflation and everything else. I'll terrorize your mind. Guess how much a fucking rechargeable battery is a DeWalt rechargeable battery is for one of these goddamn things. Um, not sure. Three hundred dollars per mm-hmm. battery, okay. and now you need two because when one is down, you got to have the other one on the charger and everything else. So you're looking at six hunch mm-hmm. now, and they put it in a cage with a goddamn lock, like a U lock, almost like you would see at a tow truck place where they tow your car, and you're like, oh, maybe I can just get in the gate and look and see if my car's in here, uh-huh. and you see that weird like U lock on the outside, and you're like, oh fuck. I go, are people stealing these? And they were like, you wouldn't believe it. Sure. You know, inflation, right? And I was like, well, of course. You know, obviously, I I don't really give a shit about that. Uh, As far as the lock and all that other stuff, I was like, great, can you grab that? And he goes, well, you might want to see if the the chainsaws are left. And I was like, all right, great. So I go stand in line with the other 20 dudes first. And I was like, all right, great. Uh, I'm going to be here. And there's a dude that zips in kind of a... uh, Smaller, like wiry guy, maybe five four, five five ish, uh, with a hat on and everything else, and he's got a kid in the cart. He's got a kid in the cart. Okay. Um, Age five. Okay. Kid's five years old. Okay. Right. And so setting the scene, you're really setting the scene. Have to, have to, and so he starts zipping by all of us in this line. This you know twenty people in this line. Kind of like, oh, I've got, I've got a kid in the, in the car, and I can't leave him in the car or whatever. And it's like, the kid's five. It's not a newborn. You right, know? right. It's not looking for a tit. Like, it's not just out of the womb or anything else. It's a fucking five-year-old, dude. So, finally, he's trying to midge in, you know, each and every person. Oh, let, me, let me stick my beak in there and see if I can get the chainsaw. <laughs> and people are starting to get pissed and kind of sure. puffing hey, and puffing and looking, yeah. you know, around. Yeah. I've already dealt with some other shit this morning that I'm not happy about. And I go on the fourth run by for this guy. I go, hey, dude, line's back here, bro. And he goes, oh, sorry, I got, you know, the the thing. And he's pointing at the top of the kid's no, head or whatever. No. And I go, cool, man, we all have fucking kids. Right. And he goes, oh, the language, you know, in front of my child. Because I did say fucking. And, uh, and he goes, the language in front of my child. And I go, well, guess what? He was today years old when he found out his dad was an asshole. So let's get to the back of the line. And everybody just ripped up and, and like roared in laughter, right? Sent this fucker packing to the back of the line. And it, it is what it is. Because we all have that shit, right? Mm-hmm. And just because you roll in with the kid isn't like you're driving down the HOV lane with a dummy in the passenger seat. Like you're right. trying to get the last chainsaws in Texas right now. And you're up against like huge burly fucking dudes. Mm-hmm. And me, you know, I got the stash and the whole shit going on and everything else. I'm already a pretty uh, big imposing dude anyways. And so are the rest of the people in line. 
And I could tell this was his, you know, way in of like, oh, I'm going to bring the kid in. It'll be cool. And I can rip one of the last chainsaws because they were sold the fuck out by the by the time I got to the mm. the, the head of this bitch. They were sold out. Sure. And he was trying to get in there and get one of the last chainsaws. And uh, not only if I wasn't getting one, he sure as fuck wasn't getting one just because he brought his kid in. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so he was today years old, that kid, when right. he found out his dad was an asshole. And then on the drive over here, I was thinking, when was it When was it for me? And I think it was around five. Uh, one father, the stepfather, was uh, on a phone call. Heard him yelling at somebody, and I was like, oh, shit. He's pretty fucking heated, you know? And then you learn what it is, right? Uh, the dead one was a, a confrontation of somebody told him how to do his job or like a better way to do his job. And he just looks at him and he goes, motherfucker, I've been doing this for 20 years, dude. You're not coming in here telling me how to do your, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I think he might have said, what if I, did I go home and tell you how to fuck your wife? So don't tell me. How, and I was like, oh, it was a great line. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, great right. line. But I was about five years old. And I felt at least age appropriate wise. If that's if today's the day that this kid found out his dad was an asshole, mm-hmm. five's around the spot. Like, sure. That's a good time for it, you know? Sure. You're not really scaring anybody or anything else. You're just kind of like, oh, man, they're pissed off at my dad because he's a fucking asshole. Right. Uh, but he, he found out today. Huh. Found out today. Uh, sold out of everything in that goddamn store, by the way. Okay. Over at the, the old Home Depot. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have to pay 30 grand to get all of our well, 90 trees removed. Nick has one. Does he? Yes. Find out. Find out. Um, well, he said, and he was like, you know, let, let's do this. And I was like, wait till you see the backyard. But, that, you know, thank you for uh, offering. But I think he probably thinks it's like a couple branches, you know, and not 10 not. huge no. trees. No. Um, and then they, they just keep falling, by the way. So yes. uh narrowly missed one at another joint earlier this morning. And I was just like, mm-hmm. the state, again, we, we talked about it in the last show. It's just weak. It's just weakness here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's all it is. But we don't even have the stores here for any of this shit. This reminds me of the city of uh, early days in Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta. Uh, we moved there when I was, I think, maybe three or four years old. And it was like this, where you could tell the city just didn't have enough infrastructure for all the craziness that was going on there. Same exact situation, except for tech. It was like Scientific Atlanta was the big uh, uh, kind of uh, job place that moved everybody there because it was cable. Mm-hmm. So in the South, it was cable. So you had like uh, TBS, you know, Ted Turner was out of there. TNT was out of there. Cable was kind of just starting and all that stuff. So it was creating a lot of jobs. And I'll be honest with you, it didn't end until after high school for me. I went back, you're probably looking at 20 to 25 years it's going to take for the infrastructure to actually handle what's going on in a Mm -hmm. city like Austin or Atlanta, it sure did. Mm -hmm. It was about 20, 25 years where you're just like, holy shit. And then it's to the point like in Atlanta where you don't even want to go there anymore. You can't find, like the highways there, because the ones they're building in in here are all fucked up and uh, they call it Spaghetti Junction in Atlanta. Right. Because uh, the highways just go on top of each other like huge strands of spaghetti and you're like, I'll never get to where I'm going ever. And, uh, and it's a fun thing, you know? Uh, we had a, a listener in the, in the studio the other day from Cumming, Georgia. 
And he goes, hey, man, I'm from Cumming, Georgia. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, that's, that's like 40 minutes away from where I grew up. And he goes, well, about an hour and a half now with traffic. And I was like, it's right. Yes. It's right. Yes. Um, it's so bad there. The last time I was there was uh, for a high school reunion. And, the, you know, the berm on the side of the road? Mm-hmm. Uh, they open that up in the morning for rush hour traffic. And you can just drive down it as fast as you can. Right. Never seen anything like it. Right. No siding, no no marked off lines, whatever. And it was like, holy shit, start your engines. Right. It's pretty fucking wild to see. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of what's going on here. And uh, it's going to be a while. Until? Until the infrastructure, the buildings, we have enough things for, for Austin to make it uh, like a real viable city to where 80 people aren't fighting over the last five chainsaws in a store. You know what I'm saying? Right. It is... Uh, it seems like this point it's going to be just a we had a couple days of this. I mean, destruction because we can't handle it. And yep. There's hanging old oak trees everywhere and it's gorgeous in the, you know, in the spring and summer when you're driving down and look at the hill. Look at all these trees and they're just hanging over things and giving shade. And um, so it is a couple days and then you kind of. We we open your eyes and you know it's going to be seventy on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that kind of is the problem. Where you know in Atlanta, it's snow right. Like in Georgia, is there like a snow season anywhere else? There is. Yeah. So we used to get uh, maybe an inch or two a year, right? We had one or two snow days off every single year. Kind of same with North Carolina, right? Right. Where the kids had one or two days off. Uh, Atlanta was similar where they didn't have um, snow plows or, or salt or any of that shit. And uh, if it snowed, city shut down. You know, right. that, and that was kind of it. But like the trees and all that stuff were, you know, Georgia trees where it was just like, all right, there was, there was no trees down or snapping off of branches or any of that bullshit. Like sure. you just didn't have that there um, because it was big, strong trees. Where here, I don't know what the fuck these things are. These yeah, little they're... tiny bitch ass trees that we have here, like we just it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not really sure why or what it is or if the the climate's too hot for it for like proper trees to grow or whatever it is. But uh, they don't really have that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the in- infrastructure is definitely not here. It's not in Dallas either. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been stuck in Dallas and all that shit. And I think it's going to take years for kind of Texas to catch up with everybody else moving here. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I think everybody will be gone. Right. So by the time it's it's all it's all set up. Yep. There'll I was be gone. Just a, a couple people there that you know braved the storm or moved right at that time. Yeah, Atlanta was gone. So like I I'd missed the. I, there was still another seven years to go of like right uh, construction where I was just like oh shit. Well, at this point, I've already lived here you know eighteen years and I'm gone. I got to go to college now. I can't just sit and wait for everything to open. Right. But when I do go back, I don't recognize it anymore. Sure. Uh, there's one or two places where I'm like, oh, shit, I remember that uh, in the high school, but that's about it. Everything else is completely uh, and totally different, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big surprise, you know? It's a big surprise every time I go home where I'm like, oh, right. what the fuck is this? And people ask me, they're like, don't you know where you are? You're home now. And I was like, no, I don't know anything that's going on here. I know nothing that's going on here. 
Yeah. And it's not like the Real Housewives shit where they're showing you, oh, hey, this is Atlanta. We're showing you downtown and all that other stuff. They live in a totally different section than what they're showing you on television. Oh, yeah. And by the way, they don't ever go like to town. They always have stuff at like houses. Yep. Because A, they can't get to, let's say, like a restaurant. In under a half hour. In under a half an hour. Nope. Get all the no. crew there. Get everything, whatever. So it's like, okay, who's having... Who's having the dinner party at their house? And that's in that franchise, I guess you're answering the question of why they always do that. Because everyone else, OC, something like this, they're always at a freaking restaurant, a bar, a thing, whatever, filming. Yeah. Atlanta is at their house. No, no. <laughs> it's no, at everybody's no, no. house. And I'm they see all up. the exterior shots there, and I'm like, I know where that's at, and you're nowhere near it, friend. Right. So You were nowhere near it. I just got a message that uh, water pressure is low. Yeah. So they may be uh, just shutting off the water. Oh, the old. Uh, no, the in house. Austin, yeah. City of Austin. Oh, City of we, Austin. Which we technically are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um. Why not? Yeah, just wanted to throw that out there during the rant. Because oh, well, we wanted to give everybody a heads up of why this is an audio only show today is because right. we have no power. Right. So it's you and I. Sitting in the studio, uh-huh. completely empty, freezing, and uh, we're all bundled up. Yeah, uh, in got, the dark. Got in the. I mean, there's in the dark. We got a, a curtain open, so we do have some light coming in a little bit, and uh, I can barely make out your face. It's like Stevie Wonder. I can see shapes right now. Sure, a little bit of colors, but mm-hmm. uh, but that's about it. Not. I'm not full blind, but neither is Stevie. Right. Neither is Stevie in this sitch. So yeah, yeah. You know? What's weird is though, you know, we explain why we're doing the the audio, right? But it's weird to think like, you know, there's a lot of people listening that are like, "Oh man, I'm I'm on my porch." I know. It's Warm. it's 70, 80. So, you know how much do we want to go into it? I don't know, but Oh, uh, well, no, everybody knows. So Everyone knows. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. When I mean everybody, everybody knows. So right. like I had uh, phone call with Tennessee. Tennessee's got hit with an ice storm. Right. So I guess it shifted that way in Nashville. And they're like, hey, oh, okay. can we move this call to the other fucking thing? And I was like, all right, yeah. cool. Uh, Mom already called. You know, hey, I saw the ice storm on the news. It looks like it's crazy. I was like, it's not crazy, Mom. You grew up in Ohio. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not crazy. It's yeah. the probably the warmest day of the year in Ohio is what this is. But everything is crashing to the ground because it's so weak here that it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. It looks terrible. It looks like it's 18 below, and right. uh, and we're in a live, and a plane crash has happened, and now we're trying to figure out which parts of a human body to eat yeah. to stay alive. But uh, it's not that bad. But I we we, we definitely wanted to tell you, hey, we shortchanged you uh, on the old used tubes today, and uh, we don't have a video show for it. We might for for uh, for Thursday for for Patreon. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how everything shakes out tomorrow, but yeah, we're I don't want to hold my breath. We're on the front lines. Yeah, you know, we're doing what we can. We're leaving family uh, and friends in the dark for you guys in the cold, in the dark, and we're leaving them for, for your entertainment for you guys. Yeah. Because the most important thing in times like these is that you guys are are entertained. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, just it's pull never that branch. About us. No, we're no. the givers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when we're, we're you know, when we're talking about like, oh, everything that's happening to us, it's only to explain or or gain a little bit more appreciation from you guys. Yeah. For everything that we do. For you. Uh, Panic of the Disco broke up. You sad? Uh, 
No. Did you know they were still together? No. <laughs> I don't think about them. I know it's Bob's favorite it band. Is. My yeah. gosh, he won't shut up about Panic at the Disco. I know. Every time there's a good song, he goes, oh, is that Panic at the Disco? No, Bob. It's, it's not. It's not Panic at the Disco. Do you know what I mean? It's another band that might be good besides Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Um. So Bob has not been in for a couple of days because of that, because of the breakup of Panic in the Dis- at the Disco. Yeah, he's been out for a while. He's been out. And you're going to have to forgive him for that. He's still kind of. Mourning the loss. Kind of mourning the loss yeah, yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, um. It's kind of like me with Tom Petty. It's like I always thought I was going to see that, that him. You know what I mean? I always thought I was going to see him in concert. And so when that time passes, you go, I mean, was I ever going to? But since it's gone, you want it more, right? I don't think you were. You don't think I was what? I, I don't think you were going to see him. I think it would have taken it would have taken me to get the tickets and be like, hey, we're going to see Tom Petty. I don't think you would have gone on your own to Tom Petty with your friends. No, no, we were gonna go. But you, but you didn't go, Jesse. You know, even before I met you, did you go? Did you make an effort to go see Tom Petty? Uh, no, that's what I mean. I know, I know. But did you think he was gonna live forever? Yeah, you know, you did. Yeah, I thought okay. it was. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, you know what? If Tom Petty's around the city that I'm in, like, you know, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know that you would have. I don't know that you would have. I have bands like that. I do. I have bands like that that I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to see this person one day. And then I just stopped caring and never did it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, uh, do you remember who else it was for you? I know, I know who mine were. Uh, Tom Petty. I only think that because uh, he died, right? Yeah. But like. Mine was Guns N' Roses. I was like, oh, I'll see him. I'll see him. You'll see him. And yeah. then, uh, no. And then Chinese democracy happened and all that shit. And they mm. kind of split up and went different ways or whatever. The only time I saw one of them was, uh, you remember, remember how fucking weird Dave Navarro was? Yeah. Yeah. So I had the same publicist as Carmen Electra. And she was married to Dave Navarro. Mm-hmm. And so we all got to go to this Dave Navarro thing because he was kind of in between bands and putting his own band together. Do you remember that whole? Yeah. That whole sitch where it was a bunch of weirdos. It was like him, yeah. Johnny Depp. Um, what was it called? Perry Farrell. Uh, and then Slash. So it was like Slash from Guns N' And I got to see Slash with this weird band kind of play and like, even he didn't really know what to do on stage there. He was like, I'm Slash. What the fuck do you guys do? You know what I'm saying? Right. I think it was called Hollywood Vampires or, or some, yeah. something fucking weird like that. Yeah, Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, were always yeah. kind of swapping out people. Um, and uh, I always said Guns N' Roses. I was like, I'll go see them. I'll totally go see them. Yeah. Never saw them. Never fucking saw them. Um, even when uh, I think the last time I was thinking about going to see it, uh, Axl Rose broke his foot. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, maybe. it's a funny story because, uh, he didn't want to give up the money cause they had sold out the tour mm-hmm. and, uh, they built a throne for him. Okay. A huge, like King size, like, uh, Burger King throne mm-hmm. for Axl Rose and he just sat there with this huge fucking cast on his leg and sang all the songs from this throne. And then occasionally, like every three or four songs, he would get up with a cane 
and then just stand on one leg, sing a song, and then sit back down on the throne. And I was like, well, I'm not paying for that bullshit. Like, I want to see him run around and do all the things, you know? Yeah. I want to see him do all the moves. I don't want to pay for broken leg on a throne axle. I want to see the dude run around, and it never happened. It Mm, just never never materialized for me. And the time has definitely passed with that. Has it? Because a lot of people go and they love to see like Motley Crue or Poison these days and everything else. I don't want to do it. Right. I saw them in their prime. Right. And uh, as a kid, you know, as a child. And mm-hmm. I don't want to go and see them now. Even right. in interviews with like Tommy Lee right now, it's just like it's depressing as shit to me. Yes. It really is. You know, even Madonna going on tour. I, know. I, I just... Madonna's another one. If you would have told me, hey, dude, I'm going to go see Madonna in my life. Never did. Right. Never saw Madonna. And now you look at her now. Go to her fucking Instagram now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we've talked about this on the show in the past. It keeps getting worse. Right. On a day-by-day basis. And I was like, I have no desire to see this fucking zombie on stage right now. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And so I want to know what you thought about her biopic, biopic, whatever people say, getting canned. Yep. Um, cost the studio probably about ten million with everything twelve, 12 that they put into it. Yeah. Um, I think it's because the interest in her is not the same, and they were kind of like, "Is this gonna be what we think it's gonna be?" She was, I heard, a little bit of a nightmare as far as script was concerned. She had a bunch of Madonnas go to a boot camp, Madonna boot camp. Yep. I mean. I think they were worried about possibly working with someone like her in the version that she is now. What yes. do you think? So I have the answer to this, actually. Um, it, it all started with, uh, do you know Florence Pugh? Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, she was the blonde yeah, don't in worry, uh, darling, the whatever. Don't Worry Darling yeah, yeah, Girl, yeah, yeah. whatever. I know her, though. I don't know her from that movie. Okay. I know her from Puss in Boots. Oh, that's right. That I've yeah. seen five times. She mm-hmm. plays. She does the voice of Goldilocks in Puss in Boots. Great. I I couldn't tell you who she is as an actor. I don't mm-hmm. think I've seen her act in one thing. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you as a voiceover actor, she's goddamn incredible. Great. So she yeah. must be amazing. Real life, because that's one of the, voice, the best voiceover actors I've ever seen uh-huh. as Goldilocks in this Puss in Boots movie. Uh-huh. I'm a fan of. Maybe not after the fifth time, but... Uh, I'm a big fan of that movie. It's nominated for 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 best picture yes. for animated. It's which gotta it win. Be. It's, it's awesome. Gotta win. It's a great movie. Well, it's <laughs> up against uh, Pinocchio uh, with uh, Guillermo del Toro. Right. So they love that guy, and and he'll probably win. But uh, she was the first choice for Madonna, mm-hmm. and she backed out. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Yo, I'm I'm out of this," and I kept thinking to myself. This is not a household name. Even when I brought her up to you, you would think about it and be like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 from the, the from thing. From Don't that, Worry Darling drama. From the movie that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. right? And if the girl whose name vaguely sounds familiar from the thing you haven't seen, which mm-hmm. is all of us, mm-hmm. not just you, is backing out of playing Madonna in a biopic, which would be a breakout role, right. something is fucked up. Yeah. And so here's what was fucked up. Madonna wanted control of the script mm-hmm. and... She was attached to direct. Oh, no. Huh? Oh, no. What? And, you know, maybe when it first, that first came out, they go, okay, you know, great. And then they started talking to her and maybe doing some meetings about what that was going to be like. Off the reservation. Like. That's and exactly what like, happened. 
oh no, this is not going to work. Although I, you know, I am bummed for, is it Julia Gardner? Julia Gardner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she would have killed it. She's so amazing. she's the one that's it's Ruth from Ozark. She's yeah. the one who agreed to do it. And even she had to but even she had to get the fuck out of there. Now the problem is, but going back to the boot camp thing that you talked about, is uh there was like six girls in the running who still had to do this bullshit. Oh yeah. And go to this weird little boot camp and learn to dance and do all the Madonna shit. Move and everything like her, else. Dress, and they weren't I even mean, cast. Yeah. They weren't even cast. They were just trying to get the role. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, to go through all of that. So at the end of the day, uh, the script was a mess. It mm-hmm. wasn't there. And they had had, like, I, I had heard 18 or 20 writers give it a crack. She just wasn't happy with yeah, it. Yeah, she wanted it grittier. It, yes. And I'm sure that was literally the note she gave. And they were like, okay, what do you, grittier. Uh, all right, okay, Madonna. And then they were just like, we can't fucking do this, dude. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame for a couple reasons, right? Because there is a the generation that remembers her as Madonna is slowly going away, right? And so this the new the point of the biopic, right, is to introduce how badass Madonna was to the generation that could kind of maybe take her further. Right. 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 Um, what they're gonna know now is just like weird Madonna that like a bunch of boomers keep saying was rad, but they don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's a it's even a sh- me. I'm starting to forget. Like, oh man, like she did. I mean, as far as acting and superstar and pushing boundaries, she was amazing. Yeah, and even I'm starting to forget that because it, of who she is right now. Right, and and then uh, on the other side of this, uh, to your points. Um, they're trying to race in other biopics right now for the same thing of the same age because it's the same thing of like, let's not forget their memory. Let's not forget who they are. So the other one that's going on right now is uh, Michael Jackson. And Antoine Fuqua, Fuqua is attached to direct that. Okay. And they have the Michael Jackson. They just cast him yesterday. Okay. And it's his nephew. And so uh, his nephew is going to play him. Now, they did release a picture. And the little fucker really does look like him. I mean, that's weird that it's, you know, his nephew looks like him and, and everything else. But uh, I already saw the Michael Jackson biopic. <laughs> Which one? Biopic. The one, uh, the documentary on HBO yeah, about yeah, him fucking touching all the this kids. Is be... No, I'm just saying, like, I've seen it. What, what are we doing? But this is going to be without him licking kids' assholes. So, so a lie. Probably. Okay. They're probably going to sugarcoat it. So just the music part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not really a bio biopic then. There. I right? mean, look, it's a that's a that's a real tricky one. I had a I had a conversation with a with a brown friend of mine, a black friend of mine, about Michael Jackson, and he goes, "Man, it's complicated for black people, man, with Michael," and mm-hmm. uh, and it, same with Cosby is is what he had told me, and he goes, "It was just like it transformed everything." I was the guy. Mm. Michael Jackson was the guy that just transformed everything for black people mm. where it was just like, boom, he covered the world, biggest star in the world, you know? And he goes, we, we didn't have a black person that was the world. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, man, you're right. Like, I mean, as a child, mm. it was like, I remember seeing him at like three years old, two years old on television. And it was just like, it transformed the world. Right. And so that's a, it's a tough one. To uh to get into licking kids' assholes and shit like that in the in the documentary. Yeah, I mean they could maybe stop before that part. Maybe, 
if Maybe, they're doing like then, early childhood up life. Into, like where do you end it? You end it where everything ends inside a butthole. <laughs> you end it where everything in life ends. But do you end it after like bad? Remember bad, I think, was, yeah, that the, maybe. was that the yeah. end of it? Yeah, I mean, although then you'll get critics that are like, what about the Lisa Marie time? What about the, you know, the plastic what surgery? Saying. What did the thing? So depends on what they want to do. Can they go through his whole life? A, that would be hard to do while still like showing people what it was like for him and how he did become so beloved, right? Be either four hours long. Yeah. If you go through everything or you just kind of go through what I thought they were going to go through with Madonna, which is like, hey, Madonna was rad. Yeah, I I wonder, like the MJ thing to me. I think there's going to be too many people from the estate in there because the the estate is still suing HBO for the doc. Right. So to get the life rights and to do it, I don't think they're going to show him doing negative shit. No. And and I don't love like. I will not watch a, you know, either documentary, biopic, whatever, when the family is heavily involved. Right. It There's just no way, or the person, or whatever. Like, even well, Madonna. like Bohemian Rhapsody, right? When we right. saw that, we hated it. Because it right. was just like, because hey, dude. the band was really, you know, people that were in the story yeah. were heavily involved. And I don't think that you can ever really get the full story or show what it really was because people aren't aware of what, you know what I mean? Yeah. How they came off or what it was or what the true story was or the perception of the other people involved. They're still just coming from their own thing. And like, why do I want to see that? Yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, and I'd watched the other one. There was a, a long, long miniseries. It was uh, the Jacksons and they kind of went through family and everything else I thought it was cheesy it was a, it was a long time ago um but it, i mean it still plays to this day if you watch you know scroll through the channels on youtube tv or whatever the fuck it is you watch your let's hear it for our next advertiser prize picks prize picks is america's number one fantasy sports app with over three million members they are the easiest and most exciting way to play dfs uh, it's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than uh, two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, the big game is always right around the corner. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment into a hundred times your money potentially with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into a thousand dollars it's demon time on prize picks uh so you're going at it here demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks uh squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts uh and again now you can win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks if you want to play alongside uh, alongside some of the Prize Picks' favorite players like uh, Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz, you can find them in the community plays underneath the promos tab of the app uh, to view the entries from some of the biggest names in Prize Picks community each and every week. This week on Prize Picks, I'm selecting Steph Curry for more than 29 points and the Joker. For more than 10 rebounds. I think Bob's taking Anthony Davis uh, for more than two blocks. And Damian Lillard 
for four three-pointers made. Go to prizepicks.com slash Ross Patterson and use the code Ross Patterson for a first deposit match for up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash Ross Patterson and use code Ross Patterson for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Yeah, let's give it up for Liquid IV. Yeah. .com, baby. Promo code Nooners over there is going to get you 20% off your first order. Rage this weekend. Jobless on accident. I feel like it was an accidental rage this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I needed some Liquid IV to start off today. I start every day with a Liquid IV. Um, our kids are using Liquid IV. Yes. Um, they've got the new and improved sugar-free Liquid IVs as well. And Pear is back. Pear is back. That's my favorite. Pear was my favorite there. Um, big fan. But uh, hanging out, watching sports, hanging out with the friends and all that other stuff. You start boozing, lose track of time, and then you're like, oh, shit. I need to rehydrate for the week. Got to pop in that Liquid IV. Are you a daily girl? Because I don't see you every single morning all the time. Yeah, I'm a daily girl. So I do um, one of the sugar-free grapes Mm. or the sugar-free apple, which are my new faves, in 24 ounces. Okay. So it is supposed to be just in, they say, like, put a packet in 16, 8, 16 ounces. 16 ounces of water. that's going to hydrate you double. Um, I put in the 24 ounce, maybe onesie or twosie. Yeah. And go through the day. Yeah, it's I did life too. changing. I, I call it Hydration Monday here on the show because it's, uh, it's one of those things where, again, you go hard over the weekends, you got the kids, you're not eating great, uh, you're boozing with some friends or whatever, and then boom, reset on Mondays, pop in the liquid IV, and you're good to go. Um, but it's, uh, it's a little pouch. That's it. You're ripping open, popping into liquid, 16 ounces or more. And you're good to go. Super easy there. Three times the electrolytes, uh, no artificial sweeteners, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Television on these days, mm-hmm. um, you'll see it, and they'll, they'll play it over and over again. And it was just kind of cheesy. Like, I want to I see something a little darker, I guess. Um, but, you know, it depends on how you do it. Like, uh, if you look at the Elvis one, for example, which, you know, we, we popped on last night. Yeah. Uh, the thing when you get, like, a Boz Lerman to do something like that is you're going to get a campier version of it a little bit. You're going to get some dark stuff and some cool stuff a little bit. But you're not really going to dig into, like, hardcore drug use and things like that, right? No, but you are going to, like I said, show why people freak out about this person, right? Where you go like, you know, you hear Elvis, and I was never really like super into Elvis. I wasn't one of those people that like, you know, was really, huh? You weren't? No. Okay. Age-wise, were you? 
No, it was later. It was later for me. My parents weren't like, no, nobody was. Like no one in my life or sphere was like real right. into Elvis. Right, right, right. So um, I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I've heard Elvis. I know he's the king. I know people freaking freak out. Why is that? And so with that documentary, or sorry, with that, with the Boslerman Elvis, uh-huh. you get to see like, oh, okay. And that's really all you want. You want to be like, oh, wow. Like this person... I get it. Yeah. Like, this is what it was. This is why people freak out. Th- these are the things that they were doing that no one else was doing, right? I caught an old... See, here's how I got into Elvis. I caught an old concert on, on PBS. PBS, uh, it, it, over the years, has shown, like, old concerts of people where you're just like, man, this is weird. And then they'll talk about it, and they'll usually sell some, you know, 12 or 14 disc DVD set with it. And those will be the commercials in between there to pay for PBS. Right. Yeah. And I caught an old concert of Elvis. He wasn't young and he wasn't old and like fat Elvis. Okay. Yeah, he was it, just in the middle. Yeah. He was like a B phrase, like a, a he was Frasier, like a man. Well, like a, a Brendan Fraser esque Elvis where he like, you could tell he was about to hit the fat Elvis, okay. but he also wasn't the thinnest and he was right. He was right, right in the middle and he was older. And, uh, I don't know if there wasn't any AC or in, in this place or just because of the way he sang and, and danced and shit, but like drugs, but yeah, maybe okay. yeah. could have been drugs, nope. sweating his ass off. Mm-hmm. But uh, they use, because they don't, you know, PBS and, and all that shit when, with the old concerts, they don't have the good tech knowledge for it. So you had to really fucking sing back then, you know, or else it would sound like shit. Oh, for sure. And he was just singing his ass off. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I was late at night. I was all caught up in it. I was like, God damn, dude. I didn't know Elvis was like this. Like, holy shit. Right. Um, and then I was like, all right, I get the whole thing. And then I wanted to go to Graceland and, and all of it in life. And that was like a, an important thing for me. I think it was in college, actually, when I saw that fucking PBS thing. Mm. And then I'm going to Graceland maybe... Two or three years after I graduated, because I wanted to see it, and I was like, "Oh man!" And then the house lives up to it, where they've got like the six-inch shag in the rooms down in the jungle room, mm-hmm. just like uh, Mark Cohn says in Walking in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the jungle room exists when you go in there and all that stuff, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Okay. He really lived that life, and it was awesome. And I and I liked Elvis. Now him dying of drug use and then you know dying on the toilet, I don't have an issue with. Sure. Michael Jackson though. Touching kids and then going out like that and going through a full fucking trial. Mm. Remember he went through a full fucking trial Yes, where he molested that kid and then started dancing on top of the limo mm-hmm. after he was found innocent. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you Santa leave Barbara. that out. Whereas Elvis just died. And that was kind of it, right? But there was no, nothing negative, like, with children or women well. or anything else. Like, we didn't hear, you know, there was no rape charges against Elvis or anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because back then, well, I guess we were okay with men his age mirroring 15 year olds but like now i think it would be a little weird maybe maybe but, you know i'm kidding yes yes it would be uh but they stayed married for how many fucking years sure you know forever sure. um so you know with now and then going back to madonna she wants it grittier it's probably sean penn tying her to a fucking chair and then knocking her out right right but does, is she wanting to show that no I I think she actually probably did. Oh, I don't know. You don't think so? But look, but ju- look at her Instagram now. You don't think she wants all the controversy and all the shit like she used to? Do you remember like a virgin? 
Yeah. She's burning on a cross and shit like that at the time. Everybody's like, oh, my God, this is crazy and everything else and religion and blah, blah, blah. I think she wants to go back to that and be like, yeah, let's show, let's show it. Let's have Sean Penn tie me to a fucking chair and then beat me with a brush. No, I don't I don't even think the thoughts connect like that. I don't even think the I don't even think it's there. Really? I'm wondering honestly prediction time what's going to happen with this tour. I don't know that it'll actually go down. I don't down. know if it's going to actually go if all dates are going to, you know, if something and, you know, the da- whatever. It feels feels weird. But but all of it feels weird today. I mean, uh, Janet Jackson just announced she's going on tour. Why? Why? What? When's the last time she had an album out? I don't know. I only know Rhythm Nation. Yes, same here. Yeah, and I would go see Rhythm Nation. But that's kind of it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's strange. Yeah. It's strange. Uh, she's going on tour. Madonna's going on tour. There's somebody else Maybe. older TBD. that is going back on tour, and you're like, why the fuck are we still doing this? Um, but it's weird, but these biopics are making money. They're going to keep cranking them out. And uh, for me, there's just a couple that I want to see personally. Now, who's at the top of your list? That I want to see biopic-wise? Yeah. Musician? Yep. I don't know. What's yours? Hendrix. I've always wanted to did see a really good Jimi Hendrix. So they did one for uh, VH1, and it was Wood Harris. Wood Harris is one of my favorite actors, and I thought he was fantastic as Hendrix. However, the family did not sign off on it, and they just absolutely nuked the budget. So I, I ran into him in a fucking bar, and I asked him. And I go, hey, dude. And he thought I was fucking with him. I go, you were awesome as Hendrix. Right. We were the only people in this bar, and it was like on a Tuesday afternoon. It was me, Clayne. Him and, and then his buddy, Wood Harris and his buddy. And I go, mm-hmm. hey, dude, I just want to tell you you were amazing as Hendrix. And he looked at me like, Yo, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he was, because I mean, at, at that point, he'd already done the wire and everything else. Right. And he was like, Are you fucking kidding? And I was like, No, dude. And I go, uh, You know, I was, this is so and so, and this is, you know, here's what we've done or whatever. And he goes, Oh, shit. All right, cool. And he knew some of the movies that we'd done. And I go, I just want to chat with you about it. I was like, What happened? And it was, again, it was a Tuesday afternoon, nobody in there. And I go, uh, he goes, here's what the fuck happened with that movie. He was cool as shit. Mm. And he goes, the family wanted control of the script, very similar to the Madonna thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, the family wanted control of the script, or the Michael Jackson thing. And, uh, and at, when they got the first pass, it was darker, and it had a lot, you know, a lot of drug use in it. And they said no. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, well, great, what do you want us to change or whatever? And they were like, well, we want to change all of it and then make it the way we want to make it, and then you can make this movie. And they go, what if we don't? And they go, we won't sign off on any of the fucking music. So if you go back and see that movie, the Wood Harris one and VH1, mm-hmm. the only songs that they could use by Hendrix were covers, because a lot of his songs were covers, like Watchtower and everything like, like that. Mm-hmm. So, so you were paying the publishing rights for somebody else and not the Hendrix estate. And he goes, so it killed the movie. Well, he goes, after that, the studio knew that the movie was probably going to be dog shit. We were already signed on to it. And he goes, then the budget just slowly started getting cut for everything else. And then they were down to, like, Billy Zane was the fucking music manager in that. Yeah. I know. I know. You know when you see Zane fucking stroll in, that he was third pick. (sighs) 
maybe, fourth? Maybe lower. I mean, you think lower? Yeah. It, oh, we can get Zane, maybe, right? That's like you're a, trying to sell DVDs overseas, and you know, if you put them on the box, it'll sell from Titanic still. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of where it was. And he goes, You know, I did my best with it. And he goes, I'm super amped that you loved it. And I was like, You know, you were the dude to play Hendrix. It was all like I was in. Uh, and then they also did another version with Andre 3000. Oh, uh, yeah. Independent film. Same yeah. thing, but the family didn't sign off, so they didn't get the music. Right. And uh, and then that kind of killed that as well. So, you know, with Michael Jackson and that music, I think you're going to get a campy version. I do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but as far as, like, the, the ones that I really want to see, Hendrix, top of that list. Um, I still want to see the Janis Joplin one. Yeah, me too. But how does that go down? Either? I don't really know anything you know, about her like- life. You know? Yeah, she's an interesting figure for sure. For sure. Um, and then, you know, the rest of them, uh, I mean, the Stones are still alive. So it's like, you know, and they're still playing and they're at a high level, in my opinion, where I, I, don't, I don't really have an interest in seeing that. Um, Bowie Beatles, would be interesting. Beatles, I don't either, actually. And I know you don't like the Beatles. I like the Beatles, but um, I don't have an interest in seeing a biopic. Just simply because um, they shot a bunch of movies when they were the Beatles, and we have all those movies as well. Yeah, we know like, all the. Stuff. I think we know all the, all the things. Yeah, and I don't know how interesting of a story that would be. I wanted to see the Freddie Mercury story. I didn't want to see the Queen story. Right. And I wanted to see that Sasha Baron Cohen version. Uh, we never got to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe a country pioneer would be good. Uh, I know they're, they're, they've been kind of tossing around a Dolly Parton biopic um, back and forth, but uh, nothing has come to fruition with that yet. No, it's it's weird, too. Like, I know you're into biopics, and people are. I just, again, exactly what you're saying. Like, there's so many things that go into it, and people that are alive and money involved, and especially with music stuff. like. It just kind of feels like uh, we want to see it and we want it. It's never going to be what we want it to be, right? Ever. Yeah. Has there ever been one? Ray. I liked Ray a lot um, because that was pretty dark. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that stuff about his life. Um, But uh, yeah, there's been a handful over the years. It feels like you're put, you, you know, you're pushing things through you're trying to find someone that's as amazing as this like you t- just saying dolly parton even the whitney Sorry, houston biopic didn't fucking... do well over christmas exactly who's gonna who's gonna play dolly parton and and the whole time you're you're not thinking in the back of your head this is not fucking dolly parton like you could never right you know or even the whitney houston thing we've seen so much of it why do I need to see someone that kind of looks like her not singing, showing me uh, scenes that maybe did or didn't happen? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand that. Like, I just don't, I, I get the appeal of it, but it's never going to be what you want it to be. Probably. <laughs> Probably not. I just think about, I think we've talked about this before where, where you've been, once you've been behind the curtain or you're making movies or you're whatever it may be, 
you're always in the back of your head. Like I'm thinking like, how did this person, I'm just the whole time thinking, how did this person get cast? Like, what is this? Was this the best person? Why, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they singing? Are they not? Yeah. Like they kind of look like them, but not really. How'd they get the facial, you know? Yeah. And it takes you out of it where I'd much rather just watch the person doing the shit from back in the day. Sure. Why do I need to see someone trying to be Dolly Parton? Sounds embarrassing to me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to see a Prince one. That's one I definitely don't want to see. No. Because again, who who are you going to get? I don't even. And who the fuck do you think you are? But here's the other thing. I don't even want to know the mystery of Prince. Like, I I, I think I have it figured out, me personally. And that's what I love about him is right. that he was just so fuck like he was in on the bit and uh, and he would just do weird shit just to do it. Yeah. And uh, just to have a, a like a like people would just tell stories for years. So I don't want to know whether it was real or not. And uh, I don't want to know if it was a bit or see behind the curtain. I don't want to I don't want to know any of it. No. I just want to live off these weird stories for years and years and years that people have. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that makes me laugh more than anything and it i look at him as like the the singing version of like a norm mcdonald where you're just like what what was it man was it real or was it all fake or you know what was it and i like that Mm -hmm. i like not knowing and i don't want somebody to tell me but i also don't know if anybody else knows i don't know if anybody knows the prince answer right and so it'll be again with all of them it'll be family or other old band members trying to tell you the story that they want you to think right mm-hmm. and then you'll end up being like well it's in the movie so i guess it is no it was like in queen or bohemian rhapsody it was the band trying to be like yeah we were awesome and you're like no you weren't yeah but since you were trying to make this movie to make me feel like you guys were fucking rad now people are gonna think that and it's not fucking true yeah and then the other part with like prince is like take Chappelle because that's what kind of blew up all of those stories that we had heard over the now, years. Now, if he played it, I'd watch it. <laughs> I, it if it was a comedy, right? And you were just yeah, going to yeah, do that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> even the story he did with the game blouses and then let's eat some pancakes. <laughs> yeah, um, like, Came you know, from somewhere, right? Was real. Yeah. It was real, but like, I, you know, I have a, a super weird print story that I've told on this show before about going to see him at the Green Door. And, you know, you knock, you give somebody $100 in cash. And then they give you a business card that had two words on it. Prince. Turn it over. Midnight. And that's all it said on it. You had to show up with his card. And you were like, I, it may, he might be here. He might not be here. Mm-hmm. And then he plays for three hours and fucking 45 minutes at a place that's not a bar. Yeah. You know, we were just like, and then he, there's no bar. There's no stage. So he walks into the kitchen. See him smashed in there with all the bands. And we're all just staring at him like a hundred of us. And then he comes back out. And plays an encore, but I'm literally just making eye contact with them the whole time. Like, that type of shit, I want those stories to live forever, so I don't want to know the bit of any of that. Uh, or, if, or if it was or wasn't. Because I secretly hope it was all a bit and he was in on it, where it was just like, I wonder after, after I die if people still keep guessing, you know? And it was just like, yes, we will. Yeah. We will. I'm sure. Uh, and even with him, like, dude, I, I told you watching that PBS special of his uh, live show the other night. Holy shit. That motherfucker, he really did play like it was his last day on earth in every single show. Right. And it was incredible. And I don't know who could do that. You know, at all. Yeah. So. Who cares that much anymore or who isn't trying to get 
something out or make a play for, you know, more money for something or record company, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. There aren't, I don't think there are any artists right now that, like, care enough to just fucking do shit like that. No, or it's all going to be for much, some type of play or ploy or something right, else. Right, or have that and, much uh, control, right? Yeah, yeah. And even the like the the post Malone thing, a bunch of our listeners have been sending me this uh, uh, World Pong League stuff that they're selling in stores for uh, beer pong and shit like that uh, that he did, and it's all tied into merchandising and everything else. Like I don't like with Prince in particular. Like he never did any of that bullshit, you know? No. Nothing. No. No. Nothing. <laughs> you know? Selling like weird purple pants or something you know what i mean he was just like no no there was no, no clothing line there no. was no merch yeah. things like i mean it's it was standard point. concert t-shirts that you could buy but right. that was about it you know? that's a good point it feels like everybody also is, branding is doing shit. something else yeah right like a Beyonce, well, you have to a jay-z of whatever right but i but i understand it um because you have to now like if you're a musician it is no longer good enough like music isn't gonna do it for you financially anymore you've right. got to have some type of brand or or something else going on and uh and i'll get this question a lot about the seltzer of like hey and i'll and I'll, i'm honest with people i'm like yeah i mean not only do i love it and i wanted to create my own thing but um you know you don't want to have to rely on advertisers or or anything else to uh to kind of pay the bills in that regard mm -hmm. and uh even with uh uh Kirill, my buddy you know, who we were talking about, he's been on the, you know, Drinking Bros numerous times. He sold his assholes live forever. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, we're going to have to tweak the name slightly. Uh, it's going to be ALF. Oh. ALF, assholes live forever, which yeah. is still funny and it's the brand sure. and everything else and all that stuff. But uh, uh, I liked his approach. I liked his video on Instagram about it. And he just goes, look, I'm old. I've been doing this for f fucking 14 years, grinding, hustling, all this shit. Yeah. And he goes, uh, this is, somebody wrote me a check for- For sure. As many zeros as I could ever see in my life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the money and uh, and still run the brand and do the thing and all that stuff. But like, take him, like I remember him in the early days. Remember, were you with me going out in his warehouse in East LA? No. Holy shit, dude. Did, I mean, it was, I it was impressive. I didn't go with you guys, but- It was I impressive was because yeah. it was a, ma it was probably like a 30,000 square foot warehouse. Yeah. He was like, oh shit. But it was him there and like the employees he hired, you're in a real bad part of town. And there was a fucking lock on the gate just to get in. Sure. It's like, all right, cool. Sure. Uh, and then he moved it to Vegas. Vegas is a little nicer, but you still got to deal with the heat and all that other right. shit all year long and everything else. So uh, I'm amped about him. But he was smart. You know, he turned his whole Instagram shit into a fucking company. And like, I actually love all of his products. I have a ton of them. Yeah, but he's one that's kind of like us where, you know, he didn't he's gotten you know banned kicked off had to change grind pivot do different things to try and stay himself through all of it and make some money right yeah and in the end it's like dude say what you will but like you can say sell out whatever you want but like he has taken it to this point in the in the world that we live in now to keep being banned and not just like conform to it and stay yourself and go to the crazy warehouse that you could die and then Vegas and whatever and 
you know, he deserves all of that. Yes. And, and and I also enjoy supporting people and want them to explode and be rich and do all the things, um, especially when they do so much like free, cool content for everybody. When, you know, the early stages of all this shit, you don't get paid anything. And uh, case in point, I'll give a shout out to, to Reed White, a.k.a. Reed Blanco, uh, who is uh, one of the nooners here on the show, always supports us and everything else. I had to hit him up yesterday. We're trying to uh, seal this deal with the Miami Marlins for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Seltzer and everything else, I have a call with them tomorrow uh, to go over structure, pricing, all that other stuff. And we're getting very, very close, right? Well, they think we're a massive company, you know? Mm-hmm. They think Hard AF Seltzer is a massive company. It is. It's it's not. Um, it's, uh, Are they listening? No, she's kidding. What's that? <laughs> Are they listening to this episode? No, no, no. they don't okay. listen to any of this shit. They, I, I, and here's the other thing: this is dead, dead honest truth. They don't even know that I have a podcast. Okay, good. I didn't, That's I didn't tell them about Drinking Bros. Yeah, I didn't tell them about this show. Yeah. I just said, "Hey, CEO of Hard AF Seltzer, uh, big fans, trying to get the seltzer into the thing or whatever." They know nothing about any of these shows. No lie, um, and that was on purpose. And uh, so, if you're out there, don't fucking start tagging them and shit. Be like, "You're not gonna believe what this motherfucker is." Um, but with that being said, because everybody thinks like you, you see the boxes, you see the cans, you see, you taste it and you're like, holy shit, this is a massive company. Right. And it's not, it's just financed by Dan and I. And, uh, and then, you know, we have a smaller investor from one of our buddies and that's it. Uh, they're like, Hey, can you just get us product? Can you just get us like, you know, four cases tomorrow before the, 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 the tasting, um, so we can, before this call of the thing, and I was just like, you know, the rest of the company's got a taste or whatever. I was like, yeah, no problem. You're out the phone. I'm like, well, fuck. How am I going to get them? How am I going to get this to Miami? How am I going to get this to them? It's in stores in Florida and everything else. So I'm like, shit, I know Reed lives down there. So I hit up Reed on Facebook and I go, Reed, I will fucking Venmo you money. Just go to, and just drop this off at this address. Is just it far me, from him? Just tell me you're, you're at Hardy F. Seltzer. No, it's not far. He's okay, in Miami. Okay. It's not far. And uh, and I go, look, there's a Total Wines down there. Just go pick it up a Total Wines and go drop it off. And he did. Oh, and I go, hey, dude, a- just Venmo. It just send me your Venmo. I'll pay you immediately and everything else. And like we, we've done this with some other listeners in some other states and things like that. And he just wrote back and he goes, you know what, man? Just, uh, you know, buy me some, some seltzer when you guys get in the stadium and, and just, you know, we'll go to the game together. And uh, and he goes, don't worry about it. And I was like, dude, are you sure? Like, I really appreciate are it. And he goes, kidding you know me? what, man? I've been listening to you for years. I just want to see you explode. That's it. I just want to see you guys explode and have all the money and do all the things. And because uh, I know we're not going to stop podcasting, right? Which is true. Yeah. And uh, and I go, man, I really fucking appreciate it. And you need shit like that. And yeah. you need people to support you like that. And yeah. that's why I'm happy for Kirill, too, where it was like, for sure. that was my dude back in the day that I supported and everything else. And mm-hmm. like, every time we're in LA or Vegas or whatever, we'll always hang everything else. He'll always hit us up and be like, hey, dude, you want me to come out? You know, have some porn stars, shoot some videos with, with Hard AF or whatever. And I'm like, man, don't go out of your way. I know how busy you are and all that stuff. So... It is cool when you see somebody make it and and get the the top dollar and all that other shit. Uh, make it to the like the uh, the high point in the documentary, right? Which right. is how I have been uh, thinking of my life in order to get through it. Where I just go, what part in the documentary am I in now? Like when they make it about my life, right? Am I in the like almost about and she, you know? 
But can you mentally conceive it at the end right now? Yeah. I cannot. Oh. I cannot see it. Because every day I'm in it and I'm dealing with 400 different people on a daily basis that I can't, I can't see it. I just know that I'm going through it. It's, it, it, it's very similar to making a movie where there is this, uh, this, this kind of nervousness or you put so much work into something. And, uh, and I used to feel it right before um, the, the first day of shooting um, because I typically produced all of it, right? So like I put all these people together and every night or, or every time the night before with all these movies or TV shows or whatever, it was the same like sleepless like restless feeling of, I don't think any, like call time was like at 6 a.m. I don't think any of these people are going to show up tomorrow. Right. None. Yeah. Every single movie, every single job. I was like, they're not going to show up tomorrow. Nobody will be here. I don't really know why. And then. Uh, well, that's how you handle well, well, stress I, and situations. You go to like the worst possible. No, not, not at all. But like, I was like, I know I'm going to be there tomorrow. And then I'll see whoever else is there. Now, obviously, everybody shows up and, and, and you, you do the job, but uh, there's still a certain part of you that can't believe that it's all happening and you're, you're actually doing it. Where you're just mm-hmm. like, all right, well, something will fail or something will go wrong or, or whatever else. And, uh, and I, f- I also feel at the end of all of them, at the very end of, of all of these movies and TV shows and all, the, all this stuff that uh, I can't believe that it ever got done. And so none of it, really seems real hmm. where i'm like this is a miracle this got done yeah um and I, and and all of them because you can look back at all the problems and all the things and uh and that's kind of what i remember uh there's a few premieres where i sat at where i was able to, able to actually enjoy it um but you know usually something else where i was just like oh the projectionist will fuck up the sound will be off the the thing you know uh, mm. some of them, I actually sat in the booth with those guys. And mm. so my memories of some of these premieres and things, like I was just sitting next to the project- projectionist, making sure it wasn't going to get fucked up, mm. uh, or the sound was, was off or right or whatever. You've been at one of those. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, how do we fix this sound in here? You know? Yeah. And you would say which thing was wrong or thing mm-hmm. and, and everything else. And you were like, all right, shit. So there is still part of that. And I, the reason why I can't conceive any of it is, you know, at the end of it, do you, are you just sitting in a chair somewhere and you're like, holy fuck, I can't believe any of this happened? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was trying to say a little bit earlier was like, you know, if you just think of it, it's hard to think of it as where is this documentary going the only thing that i can think about is like if i was being interviewed right for the documentary in the leather chair like what part would this be you know uh what part would this be hopefully it's towards the end but it it could be the middle and you don't know and you don't know but like you know i would love for it it to end with like like I'm saying, like Kirill, like that's a great ending to his documentary. But there was many times when he's in that fucking warehouse or whatever, and he's just like, "I don't know, oh, I yeah. don't know." I and I was there for some and of those getting days. banned yep. and getting kicked off Instagram and you know product not going out or whatever it may be. And he's just like, "All right, well, this is 
this is it and i own what do they always say in the documentary too that's the point where they almost gave up right yeah <laughs> and then they they just went one more day so i think in this part like i'm in the part where i'm almost giving up but i'm gonna like go one more day because i want i want it to be like but she didn't right and right. then right it all happened what would have happened if right they yeah. gave up right then i know I know. I, I just had that yesterday with the, the fucking merch company, and this will go back to Kirill, where, you know, we are going to this uh, golf tournament, and we got some important people to meet and shit, and then Daytona 500, a lot of, a lot of like, big, big important people to meet with executive-wise there for all the parties and shit. We needed this hard AF merch. I just needed a snapback hat, a flex-fit snapback hat for all of these people, right? Right. I screenshotted six different shots of the hat, including the serial number, the the, the mm-hmm. snapback, the thing itself, mm-hmm. whatever. And what did I get back? A Velcro hat the next day. And we sure. just paid like, you know, 500 bucks or whatever the fuck it was for, for all this shit. And I'm like, you uh-huh. motherfuckers. Right. You can't even get this right. And then I remember sitting in Kirill's warehouse in East LA one time. Um, it was after a show. We'd already recorded it. And we're just kind of going through everything. And he's kind of kicked up like I am now with a foot up and just kind of exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he throws his fucking dildo at me mm. from across the room. I'm not kidding. Right. There was a fucking dildo at me and I catch it. And he goes, what do you think of that fucking dildo? And I was like, and I'm holding this dildo. And I was like, man, like it's, it's huge. Right. Like, it's, it's fucking heavy. Sure. And he goes, what kind of pussy do you think that, that dildo would fit into? And I go, I don't know, man. I mean, you're going to have to go to like some crazy porn star for shit like that. And he goes, yeah. How could I sell that to real fucking people? Mm-hmm. What, what type of real person is that dildo going to fit? You know, whatever. And I was right. like, having this conversation was surreal. You mm-hmm. know, where I was just like, w- w- I, that, but that was his job. And that was his work and everything else. Right. And I go, if you can fuck up a dildo, you can certainly fuck up a hat. You know, yeah. as a dildo. You could just hold it up and be like, wow, that's too big for a human. There's no way anybody would ever have or buy this thing in this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can definitely fuck up a hat. And uh, after all these years, that was, I think, seven years ago when he threw that dildo at me. Sure. So after all that shit in a hot warehouse in East L.A. of chucking dildos around that were incorrect. uh, And there was hundreds of them that were just sitting there in these boxes. Hundreds of oversized dildos that he couldn't sell. Right. Uh, and either had to, to ship back or give out for free and like give away things. Mm-hmm. And uh, good for him. Good, good for, for him. him. You know? We say good for him. I say good for him. He really did it. He really did it. But we appreciate it. your support at home for all this stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, even in this weird fucking state where a half inch of ice shuts down everything, we're here. Rain or shine, show goes on. Say it all the time. Show goes on. Damn it. Uh, no power. <laughs> Sitting in a dark room with Jesse. Weird show. Drinking. Uh, the only thing that was uh, available at the gas station was a Smirnoff uh, screwdriver. Says it's 8%. Uh, tastes like shit. But uh, it was the only thing there. Because with the fridge out here with all the power out, we don't have any cold hard AFs here. So I was just like, well, got to have something. Yeah. Show goes on. Yep. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five-star, and leave a quick review. That's all the advertisers care about. It's the only way to get us out of this, this dark ass, this dark ages. Uh, and then head on over to Spotify. It's just a five-star. You can walk away after that. No text needed. Do your part, playboy. Do your part. 
We love you out there. For Jesse Wiseman, a.k.a. the Jables, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Revolution. Buenos tardes, everyone. Good afternoon.